I actually had to do a lot more research than I thought I had to, but I was <laughs> welcome to be a DM. <laughs> too much research to exist. I give up. I improv everything now. Welcome to Dungeons and Dinners, where the love of fantasy is food for thought. I'm your host, Brett Lindley, and that was a sample from today's conversation with Jesse and Lou Clennon, two of the three hosts from the Three Pillars of D&D podcast, also known as at our dorky on Twitter. Today, we talk about kids DMing for adults, quality time as an extreme sport, focusing on experiences, and so much more. If you'd like to hear a bonus conversation with Jesse, Lou, and myself after the main episode, or if you just want to support the podcast in general to help fund future projects and endeavors, consider making a donation over at patreon.com slash dungeonsanddinners. At the $5 level and above, you will get access to exclusive bonus mini-episodes every week that range in length from 15 minutes to full-length bonus episodes, as well as access to the entire back catalog of previous bonus content. That's four additional episodes a month for only $5. So if you enjoy our conversation today, do not forget to head on over to patreon.com slash dungeonsanddinners and help keep this podcast ad-free. Now let's get on with the conversation. Welcome. Take a seat anywhere. We'll be right with you. And as I said in the intro, I am joined today by the lovely Jesse and Lou Clemen from at Our Dorky Family. Jesse, Lou, welcome to the Dungeons and Dinners table, and thank you so much for joining the podcast. Well, thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah. Great. So for the uninitiated, and I, I'll leave it to you to decide who you know wants to take this question, but for those that uh, have not been uh, experiencing your content, could you give us a little rundown of what our dorkly is? Um, well, our dorky is our as our Twitter face and our uh, YouTube channel name that we go by. But the main show we do is the Three Pillars of D and D Cast, and uh, that's both on YouTube and on on podcast everywhere where mm-hmm. you can find them. And uh, mostly, it's just uh, you know me uh, and my uh, two kids. And we just uh, talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, we like to make characters, so we do that more than anything else. And um, the kind of the, one of the main things is I like to kind of read out what what's each of the class information, especially when we do those, because um, as a as a as a truck driver, I mostly just listen to things. I don't really get a chance to read much, and mm-hmm. no one really reads what's in the player's handbook or the dungeon master's guide that much. And I kind of wanted a resource that would, you know, give me a nice review of classes and things like that when I'm driving. And it's just easier for me to get that information that way. So. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a really good point where I I'm not sure now I haven't checked, but I'm not sure that the PHB is on audible. So. <laughs> not that I found. Yeah. And if it was, I would buy it. Right. <laughs> tables might be a little bit harder to do in an audio format but... <laughs> oh it is so hard to do tables in an audio format <laughs> d100 <laughs> checks like yeah. uh yeah but it's it, it, it's something i i thought that maybe there's more people than just me who would need that resource so i thought it'd be fun to do plus like mm-hmm. i said just a good excuse to, to make characters is, is always fun <laughs> right and and it, correct me, there's three members of your family, so we have two of them today. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Tyler just wasn't able to make it today, so 
Okay. Yeah. And uh, I, I actually really love the the idea of the three pillars and being the three of you. So I guess I got to kind of ask, uh, who is which pillars? Well, I, I actually mostly <laughs> handle uh, exploration. Uh, Lou? I do um, social interaction and Tyler does combat. Nice. Nice. That's that's beautiful. That's perfect. And do you guys kind of keep to those roles on the show as well? Uh, well, we, we have been rotating uh, here and there, but I think we're just going to go back to focusing on those roles for each of us because that's just where we are the most comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so then then kind of another question is uh, who got whom into D&D? <laughs> well, I actually got into D&D like when I was in high school. Um, yeah. Uh, my my brother and our friends got together and we started playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I can't remember if it was before or after we got in the rift into rifts, um, but we, you know, it's kind of jumbled up. That was like twenty years ago, but um, we really enjoyed it, so we did that then. And then I quit probably about a little after you know three point five came out. Uh, I liked it, but we just I just you know grew up and didn't have time anymore. Then one Christmas, the kids decided to get me a Christmas present um, of <laughs> the, what was it? The uh, starter box or what is that? The quick start guy? I can't yep, remember what it, it was the quick start guy. It came with like a dice kit and like a few character sheets already made. I don't remember what the adventure was. We gave yeah, it was it away. the Lost Minds of Andover. Yeah, oh, that one. yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was so it was a present for me, but mostly they just wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons, completely independent of me, and I was, I was really happy actually. <laughs> so yeah, Lou, Lou, what goes into that decision? Like how how does that, where where does that get sparked from? Um. Well, I think I blame Tyler the most for getting me into it, and then we both wanted to get into it. Because he had found, like, a bunch of, like, those people who animate their past D&D games and stuff. He had found a bunch of those channels, showed them to me. I had binge-watched all of them. And we were like, I don't know if Dad knows D&D. We should get him a starter guide and something. And then we figured out that he knew before us. But, you know, he's old. <laughs> so Us old people, you know. <laughs> yeah, you old ones. <laughs> yeah, um... Tyler was really big into that um, the Joe Cat's uh, crap guide to D and D. Oh, Joe Cat's great. Oh yeah, Joe he Cat's loved great. those, and I he would show them to me, and I was like, yeah, that's about right. I mean, you can't go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and it, they were so funny, and it was just like, yeah, maybe we should do this. You know, it'd be fun. I I love hearing that. It's it's something that I haven't, you know, I of course grew up with the internet, but doesn't mean that I grew up with YouTube. Like I, I was already an adult pretty much when YouTube was, was mm-hmm. getting out there really, at least, at least in the more modern form. Yeah. And, uh, being able to hear things like I got into D and D because of YouTube is, I, I think that that's, that's really inspirational. I think that that's really cool that that is another form of engagement for people to collaborate on in this hobby. And, yeah exactly i mean it's it's amazing where all it comes from like um i i i'm like you i i grew up like before the internet was really a thing you know and it's so weird because it's such a big part of our lives now and 
like when I got on the Twitter and started getting part of the D and D community on Twitter, it's so amazing and so nice compared to yeah, so it's much a of Twitter. Very different place of t- oh, just yeah. in like like if you questioned Twitter before and you are into TTRPGs or D and D and didn't like Twitter, try it again and just purge your account and find only D and D stuff. It's a great place. It's a very great way to oh, engage yeah. with that app. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so nice because I had a personal account with my own Twitter and I got into the politics hole and, yeah, and no. things like that. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. It's the worst. Even the magic, the gathering. Yeah. Um, no, I, same with video games, terrible. like video games oh. is not really a great space either. Unless oh, yeah. you just want to hear everybody announcing their Twitch times. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Lou, you said Tyler brings you in. Um, but what gets you to what gets you to stick and then decide to start up a podcast? Um, I I really liked how like the aspect of like the social interaction role playing part is. Like I always knew I wanted to be a DM. Like that's all I do now. I never play anymore. I swear. But... <laughs> Already a forever DM. That's like having an existential crisis, you know, a little early there. I think but... I've had one already. <laughs> you're already in, you're already a forever DM. Yes. Yes. It's it's <laughs> I've gotten on, stuck in that little hole right there. I've been in like three groups and like I've only been the DM. I haven't been player for like I think a few months. Yeah. It's insane. But, like, I always knew I wanted to be a DM. It was, like, I loved storytelling. Like, I went for the big adventurous stuff. I didn't do, like, one of those, like, normal startup, like, do, like, an adventure book or something. I went straight to homebrew because it was my passion. After my heart already. Yeah, Yeah, it's funny. We actually... um... When we first started playing, I was trying to run the Lost Minds of Fandelver forum because I was never a DM. My uh, my brother did all that, um, but you know he's uh, unfortunately not around anymore. So, but he was mm-hmm. my DM. He was always the DM. So it was really weird to get behind the screen and do it for the first time, and it didn't go as well as we wanted it to go. I mean, those adventures are hard to run. <laughs> They really can be. And and the first campaign we uh, really got into and really finished was the one that, that Lou was running. And it was just perfect. It was, we had so much fun. And it's, it was, uh, it was different because for me than every other campaign I've ever been in because it was just me and Tyler. You know, right. it's just the two of us. And I've always been in groups of four or five people. So just two people is a whole different experience with Dungeons and Dragons. And what is it? Yeah. What is it like? I, I guess I kind of want you both to answer this question in your own way. So Lou, we'll start with you. What is it like DMing for your dad? Um, a powerful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're the one who's grounded now. <laughs> <laughs> I have all the power, but like he always comes up with these awesome characters and I like mixing his backstories in. So it's like playing with any other person that I've ever, I still DM for. It's like playing with any other group that I DM for. But like, he's my dad. So I have this little tiny connection that says, I know what your character's going to do because it's based off of you. So right. in turn, I can predict it and I can make these stories in my head with what I want to do. And it'll come up better than anything I could ever do. 
That's really cool. And and yeah, so Jesse, on the on the kind of flip side there, what's it like being uh being a player? Um, well, it's it's it can be hard sometimes because like when I used to play D anD D when I was a teenager, you just said whatever really disturbing or off the cuff things that come to your head, you know, like because right. it was fun and edgy and cool or whatever, you know. Right. These were terrible. It was, um, the 90s were bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad none of it's on film. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, like, uh, that was, like, it was different to you know, remember to be, you know, kind of trying to be PG-13, not not so R. Um, and, like, every once in a while, weird, awkward things will come up. Um, that's kind of fun, like... Um, the the okay. best one during our first campaign was uh, Tyler's character, uh, like kind of got a girlfriend in it, and so his you know Lou is running the girlfriend. <laughs> He's running his character, and it was just like, oh, this sounds like a therapy session is going to happen right. one day. <laughs> it's in the books already. <laughs> Not just not just my journal, but my, also my DM notes. So. Yep, yep. <laughs> Go get therapy on this day for this one day. <laughs> but uh, that was that was really entertaining and fun, and we just it's such a good time. And I I really enjoy it because I mean I work I up until um, next week uh, I'll I'll be working six days a week, and I've been doing that for about a year. And so I don't get a lot of time with with them. So having uh, Dungeons and Dragons and the podcast both, but especially Dungeons and Dragons, to spend time with them is really important because you know it, it's it's so much easier to make time when you have an activity. You know, like yeah. it's so easy to well I got to get this done and this and this and this done, and you forget that you kind of need to do that family time stuff. Well, and it, it actually really does help when it's scheduled. And I think with regular board game nights, it can be really hard to keep a scheduled board game night, right? Oh, yeah. But with D&D, it's a lot easier because you want to know what happens next or you want to do something else next or you want to get that that next achievement, plot point, character development, story arc, battle, spell to cast, leveling up, whatever that is. There's always another hook where I think a lot of board games... I think there's a there's an old anecdote about it all goes back in the box, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That all of and that includes all of the emotions, all of the feelings, all of the events that happened all go back in the box when you're done. But in D&D, the box just opens up bigger once the players leave the table, right? Then everybody goes and plans and looks through what spells and abilities do I get next? What monsters can I throw at them next, you know? It yeah. it really opens up. Oh yeah. And like that like that first campaign was such a good time for us because I was, uh, she had me set up as, a like the manager of a, a cafe. What do we call yeah. it? Was it Nike's cafe? Yep. Right? It was based off yeah. like the Greek goddess of the victory, Nike. And, and so like, there was all these times where I was like coming up with, uh, you know, how I'm going to manage my employees and I'm hiring and, and all this stuff and i'm playing this rogue arcane trickster so 
I'm figuring because it was a modern setting one, so like trying to figure out to justify getting these spells and, and stuff <laughs> like that. And it was just it was crazy and fun, and like you said, it just kept drawing us back into it because it was like I want to play again. <laughs> I don't care. It's like ah, let's just stay up late. I'll be I'll just be really tired at work. <laughs> so. Yeah, there's another question kind of in there is, uh, and this may be a little bit shorter one just as we we wrap out the family, but not to disclude Tyler at all, is uh, is there any sibling rivalry uh, DMing for your brother? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. it's it's much more fun to single him out and just kind (laughs) of push things on to him a little more. It's fun. Fair, fair. Is there, has there, have you suffered any, like, you guys seem to all be pretty, and I'm not trying to just find some dark moment here either, so don't feel like I'm putting you on blast, but but has there been any more contentious, like, out-of-game type stuff? How do you handle the, while being a family unit, it can sometimes be hard to get your personal space and step away from an issue, and I found that that's something that, at least for me, I need a little bit of space to collate my thoughts before I approach either my DM or my players with an issue that I had at the table, have you found that you're still able to make that space and have a good communication dynamic for when things do go a little sideways? I mean, overall, um, it, it sometimes it means just taking an hour break, you know, like it, it, it happens, but yeah. we do pretty well overall, but yeah, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I mean, there's troubles at every table. I don't think there's a, I don't think I've heard, of a long a long-term D game anyway that had zero troubles so <laughs> that's all the only reason why i ask oh yeah like sometimes it's it's actually kind of easier because like we live together we you know we know we we can't stay mad at each other forever like with your friends you can you know hate them and <laughs> and then like everybody knows where the snacks are when you all live together so it's a little yeah easier to, <laughs> to make up <laughs> oh, yeah. it's a little easier but a little harder at the same time it's it's weird yeah it's, it's definitely different no that's understandable so mm-hmm. um flipping from the campaign itself a little bit of course i would like to get back and hear some more uh, about homebrew and greek gods but I do kind of want to uh, want to ask and address the the where who started the podcast? Where did the idea for the podcast come from? The man child there. The other <laughs> one there. Yeah. Well, I, I really wanted to do it. I uh, I had been listening to a lot of uh, dungeon cast and, and things like that for a while. And I, I really enjoyed that. And I thought it would be a fun little dynamic because of this being the family unit to do. And we're coming up with ideas and, and everything like that. And we uh, were just kind of, we had come up with some name. I think it was like the scholars pack or something like that. It was a really and stupid one. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't the best. And we were talking about, you know, topics for the show and Tyler pops up and he goes, well, what about talking about the three pillars of, of, you know, of the game. And we're like, that's a title right there. I mean, there's three of us, there's three pillars. Wow. I mean, like this is perfect. You know, like, I don't know why I didn't think of it before. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so it was, I I wanted to do it. um, Cause, but we'd all kind of wanted to do like a, a a YouTube channel Mm -hmm. kind of thing for a while. 
Um, if you get on our channel, you can actually see some of the early unboxing stuff we did with snacks and stuff as a family. Uh, my wife's actually in on that those as well. But we, uh, it was like it was fun, but it wasn't like everything. We we're like, let's you know, we'll try something new. And and this was uh, this was a topic that, in particular, Tyler was really into talking about. Dungeons and Dragons, so it was a way to really pull him in, get him a little more interested in, in that. So, mm-hmm. awesome, awesome, and uh, you guys have been running that for a while now. So, so kudos on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So there's a. We'll we'll go back here and say uh, you 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 brought it up and and I've got to know. So you've Lou, you've got a a, a side hobby in uh, Greek gods and goddesses there, um, <laughs> and it sounds like that you know breathes a fair amount of life into your campaign. So how how do you go about incorporating that kind of stuff together? Um, I I'm gonna push away from the first campaign because I don't think I incorporated the Greek gods well. But, like, my second ever campaign that I did, I had, like, the Greek, Roman, and Norse gods. Okay. And, like, I managed to separate them enough. And I actually had to do a lot more research than I thought I had to. But I wasn't... <laughs> Welcome a- to being a DM. <laughs> too much research to exist. I give up. I improv everything now. But, like... Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I was always into mythology. Like, I knew all about fairies, dragons. I am obsessed with everything. Um... <laughs> So, like, no learning more about them, it was really, like, a nice little breath of air. And, like, pushing them into my games, it meant that I could pull some knowledge from that and make it so I could weave a world around them. It was never put them into a world, it was weave a world. And I've, I've, I just, I do that with every campaign. I stopped do, using, like, any of the D&D gods. I don't even know what they are. I just right. I haven't looked at them since I saw them once and I said those are stupid names. Let's move on. <laughs> and I just move on to like the Norse gods and like Roman gods and Greek gods. And I just I don't do anything with any other gods. So I know more about them. And I went on a tangent again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think that's perfect. I think that's exactly where like so when you are weaving these tales together, are you finding ways to have like animosity and entanglements between these different mythologies to kind of turn them into like one new mythology or do you keep them a little bit more separated um i had a whole campaign on trying to bring the gods together and trying to bring them together was really hard because it almost turned into like one of those percy jackson moments where it's like they're all the same person but they're not Right. And it, you don't know how to distinguish them after a we while. We have three different gods of death here. <laughs> yeah, like, which one's the cooler one? Right. Who gets to stay? <laughs> so it was, like, it was a really hard thing to figure out, like, which ones do more, so which ones I can delete. And, like, right. trying... And I also tried in my in that other campaign to incorporate the Egyptian gods, but mm-hmm. that flew out the window because there's, like, I think there, there's, like... 500 100s. yeah <laughs> and i have never even gotten past the first hundred gods without forgetting who they are right it's a lot to manage <laughs> so <laughs> and so like trying to combine them all into like one big faction almost was the most difficult thing i've ever done and like saying that with the 
modesty of my first campaign was homebrew and modern, so that means I had to make up everything. Yep. And I had to incorporate magic in there. And one of my players wanted to be from a different world. Yep. <laughs> it was it was really difficult. It's a lot of layers. Yeah, yeah that's a lot like, of things to 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 bring on you as a yeah. as a first time DM, especially. That's a lot. That that's a lot for somebody with experience. <laughs> so kudos for making it through there. Like, I mean, yeah, that's a feat. I had to say that the glitter slimes were a moment of genius. So um. <laughs> I am bringing them back in one of my campaigns that I'm currently planning, and it's going to be beautiful. I just I love my glitter slimes. They're just they're just full of glitter, and they're just slimes. That's all they do. Yeah, we had we had a whole side quest where we had to go to Michael's and pick up um, a pound of glitter to pay tribute to the glitter slime so they give us information and mm-hmm. um tyler's character to goliath was um had like was trying to free the employees from michael's from the <laughs> tyranny yep <laughs> it's great it was, it was great it uh, just goes to show that even a, a gelatinous cube that is meant to, you know, destroy and clean up everything in the dungeon, even they can't digest glitter. So, you know, glitter oh, is forever. <laughs> glitter is eventually the glitter is just going to go into the ocean. We'll have like sparkly ocean. Everything, everything will be glitter. It's uh, they think people think it's going to be everything will be cake. No, no, everything will just be glitter. Yep. <laughs> exactly. it'll, just, it'll be beautiful, sparkly. Well, it wouldn't be uh, Dungeons and Dinners if we didn't take a little bit of time to discuss food. Now, you guys had something or have something that a lot of players, I think, in 2020 didn't, which is that you guys probably had quite a few more home games in 2020 than most anywhere else in the country. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Um, what is uh, what is your relationship with uh, food and snacks at the table? Well, the the more the merrier, generally. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we 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 tend to, um, you know, we we have our snacks and we try to mix it in. Well, if we're trying to, and we haven't been successful yet with it, but if we're trying to do an actual play uh, podcast to try to record things, of course, you don't want to eat when you're on one of those because oh, no yeah. one wants to hear you chew food, but. Uh, when uh, we're not doing that, it's it's usually snacks galore. Lots of, you know, cheese and crackers. And, like, if we have, like, a charcuterie board or something like that, we'll take the leftovers and we'll be snacking on that for the rest of the week or or something like that. Um, you know, a lot of times we come up with fun little snacks to have during, during it. But nothing really oh, yeah. themed or, you know, hyper interesting. But, you know. <laughs> Which I do want to change. I want to change that. Get some themed snacks in there. Oh yes. So so Lou, as a uh, since you're the DM of the uh, of the campaign, do you also end up uh, bringing any of those skills in the kitchen? Do you cook dinners any? No, I have been tr- I've been planning to. I just yeah. I'm lazy, and Not I don't fair. get up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my curse. I would love to cook more in the kitchen. But like I mostly make like those pre-made cookies. That's all I've ever done recently. Hey, pre-made cookies are good. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I've been planning to do like a bunch of cool snacks, like mini little quote-unquote health potions and things yep. like that. I just need to buy stuff, and I don't have money. Well, 
So it's always something to experiment yeah, with. Yeah, it's always something to have fun with. Hey, I mean, soups are cheap, and soups are way in in world. Like, if you wanna if you wanna get in world, especially you know, probably maybe not as much depending on where you are uh, in in the sweltering heat of the summer, but uh, fall's coming up pretty quick. Oh yeah, and uh, easy the easy things to make like a, a, like a three four ingredient soup like a or a stew or something like that really ends up fitting in the world no matter where you're at in D and D uh, and and exactly. is also really easy to cook so there's not a there's not a lot of ways to mess up a stew so <laughs> there oh you yeah go. and I have like yep. a master chef of a mother so like she can always help me right yeah I mean that's the thing like. My wife is such a good cook. I mean, she, we, we eat out as a convenience to her. Right. It's not because we're getting less quality food when we go and eat out than when we stay <laughs> at home. And so, like, as a result, the only thing I, I learned how to cook breakfast foods because she's not a morning person. So, right. She doesn't oh, yeah. want to wake up and cook. So, I learned how to make homemade cinnamon rolls and biscuits and stuff like that to, to really make it so that she has that one glamorous thing that she didn't have to cook food you don't make is always tastes the best you know um right. it really <laughs> yeah. does that's no that's hugely true like that's why i've said on many other episodes before that uh that when i'm cooking for myself it is not pretty or glamorous um i've got to either cook for somebody else or enjoy somebody else's cooking like if it's just me and me that's not happening but i, I think that it's a uh, you bring up a good point which is that homemade breakfast breads of any any sweet bread for breakfast that you can make you know like biscuits uh cinnamon rolls really i think a lot of people skip on that because of how easy the canned stuff is oh yeah but there's miles of difference between a canned cinnamon roll and like even like sure maybe a cinnabon is but those are expensive and heavy and huge but like just a proper homemade cinnamon roll there's so many ways that you can go with it and mm, i love it oh yeah i mean i went i went so far as to buying a special grater just so i could grate my butter myself nice make my biscuits and and, and stuff because it's like i'm just that kind of crazy you gotta have the flakes you gotta have like the wide flakes and yeah the cheese grater is not the same exactly (laughs) and nobody wants to zest butter no, especially <laughs> when it's frozen still. Right, <laughs> that's not a fun job. No, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I think breakfast foods are a great way to go. I think uh, one of one of my favorite. So I don't do a lot of baking, and there are a few recipes that like the you know my wife and I each kind of have our own things. So like if I if I'm really in a, a rough mood or something, and I can convince her getting her to make her breakfast pizza is amazing. She uses like a croissant dough crust and then a sausage gravy, like a white sausage gravy and then scrambled eggs, bacon, uh, cheddar cheese. And is that it? Whatever else. If you want like some bell peppers or green onions or something in there. Uh, but yeah, it, she, she bakes that off and it's just, it's it's breakfast for pizza and it's the best. I love it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I do love me a breakfast pizza. <laughs> you need to steal that, Dad. Just it needs to happen. So you make some breakfast pizzas. See, and then there it works as either a breakfast or a dinner. 
See, because you know you can you can because <laughs> you can't go wrong with breakfast or dinner. You can't no, exactly. No. So you already know how to make the breakfast foods. Now you can just kind of sneak in there, surprise the wife with the breakfast pizza. I think we got something. There we yeah. go. This is a nice there. So, um, with uh, jumping back into into D anD um, you homebrewed modern. And I have to ask, so I've, I've played a number of, I probably played possibly even more total hours in modern and or like futuristic games than I have in, in raw D and D it's very close. It's getting close. I've been playing more D and D lately. Um, or fantasy settings rather. Yeah. But there are a lot of challenges presented in modern that don't necessarily come up in fantasy because you could just say that doesn't exist here. Um, but in, in a modern setting, there's a lot of challenges that have, because things exist in the real world and you've got to try to find analogs or keep from becoming an accountant. Um, <laughs> and yep. so one of those challenges, and it really depends on, I suppose this depends a lot on the players at your table, but one of the big troubles that I found in modern was uh, somebody said, well, I'm just going to apply for a credit card. Oh, I never oh thought okay. That. So that didn't happen. <laughs> that did not well, happen. Thank God for you. I because... was lucky. I managed we to did... get them all squelching poor. So it's like <laughs> you live in a, like a small little apartment in like the big city. Like you live in like the bad place with like the robbers and stuff. You don't get any of that stuff. <laughs> thank God. Yeah, we we had we had the struggle just to get a. Uh, a phone that could use Google Maps. That was <laughs> that's that was good a... though, because yeah, that's that was another thing. It was, it was like smartphones or you know the internet technology in general can throw a lot of wrenches into a campaign in modern. So did you did you struggle in any other ways um, with just kind of fighting back technology? I didn't have trouble with technology, most because. Naturally, my dad chose to be the poorest person in the planet, apparently, not have any money. But, like, I didn't have trouble with technology. It was more like technology and magic mixing. Okay. And with my dad's character, he wanted to have a character, like, he wanted to have a race that was naturally magical. He wanted right. to have, like, that genie race. I haven't looked at it. Genasi, yeah. Genasi, that, yeah. that, that one. That crazy name or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but, like, he wanted to have a magical Genasi. So, like, my tech would have obviously been affected by magic. So, it was like, should I do magic-resistant tech? Or should I have tech that has problems? And then what about magic? So, like, it was more like tech was on the back burner. And, like, I want to do, like, because in another campaign I did, I had more tech stuff and it was way much more difficult. But, like, in the, my first campaign, it was more magic took the priority of trying to figure out how it works than, like, tech took priority at all because you know they managed to be so poor that it didn't matter they had trouble finding a phone with the map with google maps on it and i think like the cheapest like android phone you can find has a google map on it right so i mean <laughs> it was that bad it was, that's fair it was that's great fair. it made it that, easy that does me. make things a little easier yeah when it when a player goes i want a credit card and then so then you have to go okay well then this is how much rent is every month and and there's a back and forth that starts and it's like i don't want to play banker like oh, yeah. there there's some really interesting rules if you're interested in continuing to run a, a modern setting 
uh, Wizards of the Coast actually put out. It was 3.5, but 3.5 translates fairly well. So at least oh, for yeah. like some of the spells and things, um, there is a D20 modern uh, SRD that's out there. And uh, it it deals with that type of thing. Like wealth is dealt with as a skill check, essentially. Ooh. You have like a wealth mm. score and then you basically roll against it to see if you have enough money to make the purchase at that time. But otherwise, you don't calculate how many dollars you have. Like, you don't have gold in your account or anything. Yeah. It's just a score that if you, if you you know, uh, stop a, a, you know, a, a bad guy and you take a bunch of their stuff and sell it, you may be able to increase your score by one but you don't get X amount of dollars for, for doing it because it, it was just really difficult to handle. So oh, that makes things oh. way easier. Yeah, yeah. Which is it is easier, that. but it's also at the same point kind of harder. It, it puts more, I think D 20 modern is interesting because it reeled back really hard from what 3.5 was. So 3.5 is very much so tables, rules, structure, and then the the system reference document the SRD comes out and D20 modern is built on top of that. So it's a like a half generation it's in between 3.5 and 4.0 is this oh, okay. little time where they experimented with they didn't really change the rules but they changed how you played and I think it's a little bit like a little half step towards what they did with 5 where it's more in the the DM to to kind of figure things out but um yeah i highly suggest pulling up there's there's like three or four of them i think there's d20 future uh d20 modern there's a paranormal one for running like x files type games oh, yes. um i don't i think oh, it's yeah. dark matter Ooh, oh i could be wrong on that but if you search for d20 modern there's i think there's like five books five or six big like core books that handle okay. the differences in there so i highly recommend them there's a lot of cool spells on like uh being able to see through a security camera like scrying but with technology so mm -hmm. you can like see through a security camera or tap a mobile phone with a glyph or a spell and so there's a lot of cool things and, and some really fun spells oh, that sounds with, awesome. with modern stuff yeah yeah huh yeah that reminds me of like in uh buffy when they had when willow would use the uh, technomancy yes um, yeah exactly so that was really fun I really, yeah, I no, there's really there's a that. lot of really fun. I think that it's it's a really untapped. I think because it is the modern world presents a lot of challenges for RPGs mm -hmm. because we're all familiar with it. So it's harder to kind of suspend your disbelief and say like, yeah, this is the modern world, but this is how this situation works. Um, oh, so yeah. I don't. Yeah, it's. Did you ever have to deal with like firearms? No, we avoided those. Okay, <laughs> that, that was a problem in other campaigns i've experienced right that was my big firearm problem of how do guns work yeah i managed to they're just either them all into far crosses. too lethal yeah there oh, you yeah. go there you go that's a they're, they're either far too lethal or people take 20 shots to die <laughs> there's no in between there really isn't so um, you guys have been running the podcast for a fair while. You mentioned character building um, and and some other various discussions. What are some of these various discussions like? What other types of things do you talk about on your podcast? Oh my! God. Well, uh, me and Tyler in particular, we really like talking about the uh, Magic the Gathering crossover. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, like Ravnica a... and Zendikar and stuff like that. Yep. Um, I mean, Zendikar was just that plane shift document that they did, but 
um we did a whole episode on it and we really enjoyed it and of course we're really excited about Strixhaven coming right. out <laughs> that one is gonna be really fun um it actually won't be long after this episode that yeah Strixhaven comes out um <laughs> and it's uh so that's that's been a big focus uh outside of that we talk about the uas a lot because those are always pretty interesting um and and that's usually what it boils down to i i think we want to do try to do more book reviews like when the books come out we we meant to do them for van richten's but um it was the end of the school year and things got really rough um trying to to do any recording then because they were both just too busy and uh it was oh, just yeah. too chaotic yeah it was just it was like i think we're just gonna have to make that a regular break every year just because it's not a good idea <laughs> we didn't get to play D, we didn't get to do podcasts it was rough <laughs> so it does kind of bring up a little bit of another question how do you handle uh D and podcasts in balance with school is D uh, a weekends only kind of thing or um i think it's currently a friday only type of thing because that's when everybody really has something done with it's like it's the end of the week nobody has any work and this is simple and easy but yeah i i move into having the weekends off so we're probably going to move it to to (laughs) friday nights or saturday nights most likely um and yeah we we end up talking about episode ideas and 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 D and D like campaign stuff throughout the week, of course, uh, can't help ourselves, you know. Um, <laughs> it comes up, but you know that's one of the advantages of all living together is that you you don't have to call anybody up or or do start a text group or anything like that. You can just break right into random talks about sorcerers, and it's not a big deal. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> It's insane. It's fun. It sounds like it would be fun to some people, but it's also like, I want to do this thing, but they're forcing me into talking about D and D right now. And I can't <laughs> do that. So, um, I don't want to, you know, take up all the all the time here. Uh, I do want to always make sure that I leave plenty of room, and so we have two guests. So I want to kind of leave room for both of you. Um, if there are specific things that you would like to bring up or have a discussion on the show about any shout outs you would like to make, then, uh, I want to give this time so that you guys can speak to that. So Jesse, I'll see the floor to you first. Oh no. I, I know this is Oh coming. no, this no. Is so maybe Lou, up. maybe yeah, Lou. <laughs> yeah, Lou first. I'll think about it. Do you, do you have any shout outs or anything that you would like to talk about while we have you here on the show? That's going to be a No. <laughs> I, I'm bad with, th- with talking about, about things without people pushing me no, into that's fair. it. No worries. No, no worries. I'm going to push the floor back to my dad. <laughs> you get right back. <laughs> You've got about 10 seconds to think. Yep. We got you now. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I had to say one of the things that um, that like me and my wife have really focused on with, with the kids is experiences. So um, D&D fits in really well with that because it it's just it's taking you to the East fantasy places and new worlds that we're making up in our head. You know, we, we always try to go on vacations as opposed to buying a bunch of stuff. I mean, you, you might be able to see the big boxes of magic cards behind me, but so we still buy stuff, but <laughs> I want to and we, we like our books. Yeah. But uh, we, 
when you try to focus on that and i i think that D D goes really well with that and that it, it we by going to all these like museums and natural wonders and things like that that we like to travel and and do it makes it easier actually to kind of make analogies in dungeons and dragons the, the more you experience the world the more you can imagine a new one you know and and i i i really enjoy that and of course i like i like trying new food everywhere we go so that's always fun too um it's always fun to try to f- see if we can figure out how to make it at home and once we come back to um and like we try to we always end up i think it's kind of fun we always end up tying it into our games like uh tyler's running uh icewind dales right now and um mm-hmm. me and lou are having a good time with that and our both of our characters are uh like our motivation for everything is to want to try all the new food in all the 10 towns. That's the only reason we're traveling. It's really good motivation oh, for yeah. a campaign or a party. Yeah. So it was, it, it's fun. It combines a lot of the things we really enjoy. And it just, we just made that our focus and, and that's, and that's what we try to stick with the, the experience is, I think is the biggest part. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can't think of a, of a better way to wrap things up. I think <laughs> D and D is a beautiful experience. I think that, being able to bring in the it's always good when you everybody has seen the same thing that you're trying to reference so like do you remember that time where we went here and saw this cool monument or whatever that's kind of how it looks and everybody knows then that that's you know you know everybody's on the same page so i think that's really cool and and congratulations on on having uh the the family the family dream game really and the podcast so it's the three pillars <laughs> podcast uh our dorky on twitter of course links will be down in the description uh jesse lou thank you both so much for joining me today yeah thank you so much for having us it's been oh, a blast yeah. oh yeah it's been a fun <laughs> all right take care all right bye bye So that's all for the episode today. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, consider clicking that star rating or dropping me a review in your podcast app of choice to help boost the algorithm gods and get this podcast to more people. All of the links and contact information discussed can be found down in the show notes. And if you want to keep in touch, you'll find that I am most active on Twitter at anddinners. That's A-N-D-D-I-N-N-E-R-S. If you're interested in supporting the show or want to get access to the entire back catalog of exclusive bonus episodes like today's minisode with Jesse and Lou, where we talk about vacationing, museums and natural wonders as inspiration, foreign foods, and so much more, or you just want to help keep this podcast ad-free, consider tossing some coins over to patreon.com slash dungeonsanddinners. If you're looking for other great podcasts to listen to, check out my other broadcast, Pick Up Your Sticks. It's a long-form video gaming podcast about why gaming matters, co-hosted by myself and my dear friend Walker Near. I'm really excited to be sharing this journey with you, and remember, as always, that love is the secret ingredient. Have a good day, friend. Thanks for stopping by.